welcome to the Live to 110 podcast. My name is Wendy Myers, and we are broadcasting live worldwide from Malibu, California. Today, I will be interviewing Jimmy Moore of LiveInLaVitaLowCarb.com. He is author of the important new book, Cholesterol Clarity. And we are going to be giving you the latest up-to-date info on the true causes of high cholesterol, why your cholesterol is not as high as you think it is, uh, just because it's over 200 does not mean that you have high cholesterol, and how to lower your cholesterol with a paleo diet, and why you should not be taking statins and how they destroy your health. Additionally, we're also going to be talking about why your doctor may not know this information. So if you're on statins or your doctor is urging you to begin statins, you must listen to this show. So everyone, allow me to introduce my new co-host, Kate Bean. How are you, Kate? Hi, Wendy. How are you? Well, Kate, would you mind doing our super annoying disclaimer that we have to do so the American Medical Association and crabby listeners won't sue us? Sure. Please keep in mind that the Live to 110 podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease or health condition. This podcast is solely informational in nature. Please consult your health care practitioner before attempting in any treatment you hear on this show. How's your book coming along? Well, it's actually really good. Um, as you guys may know, I announced last week that I'm working on my first book, called When Diet and Exercise Are Not Enough, Roadblocks to Weight Loss. And right now I'm working on the detoxification chapter about you know why you need to detox your body. You know, it's really one of the, the major missing pieces that many people need to lose weight. You know, for instance, it could be one of the reasons why you can't lose that last 10 pounds. Um, because, you know, toxins, especially mercury, they disrupt your thyroid function and it's impossible to lose weight if your thyroid isn't working. And, you know, I go into all the different types of detox methods that work and ones that don't and all about nutritional balancing with hair mineral analysis that I'm certified in. And, you know, basically it's the king mother of all detox protocols. So, you know, that's my life these days, obsessing over toxins and detoxing. That's amazing. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I... Uh, Kate, I think you're tired, Dig. You taught three spin classes today. I know. I have, they call it soul brain or something. I forget. Uh, there's a word for it? Soul stupid. That's what it is. Oh, soul God. stupid. I can't even imagine taking three spin classes in one day. I mean, are you spinning the whole time Because when you're yeah. teaching? Yes. It's not like aerobics instructors where they can stop and kind of relax while everyone's dying. No. You just have to keep... Spinning away? Yes. Oh, yeah. God. I, I would die just doing one spin class. No, you wouldn't. You'd be fine. I, Because I, I just, I don't do cardio anymore. I'm just, because I'm on this detox program and you're not supposed to work out that much. Because if you, if you spend exercise or energy exercising, then you, that's energy you don't have to detox. So I just, mm, you know, yeah. I'm not doing cardio. I haven't done any cardio for about a year and a half and it shows. <laughs> no. It is, I mean, it's definitely, it's just, I have a lot of friends that are like fit and people that aren't fit that are friends and they're all just like, um, I have to work up to being able to come to your class. I'm always like, just come to my class and then you'll get stronger. You don't have to do everything I'm doing. The good news is that there is like three rows and you can be all the way in the back and 
doing what you can, going at your own pace. Yeah, so. I, I'm going to be in the back <laughs> when I come. I'm planning to come next Monday. Okay, good. So yes. I'm planning to come. I've been a really bad friend. <laughs> You've been teaching Pilates classes and spin classes, and I just haven't come to any of them. So seriously, I'm going to come next week. Okay, good. But so, Kate, since, you know, you're new to the show, I wanted to establish a few ground rules for our future co-hosting relationship. Okay. So, based on our first show together last week, the one on the Smarter Science of Slim with Jonathan Baylor, you know, there were a couple things that could have used some improvement, and, you know, I totally understand I had problems with these ground rules when I first started doing this show. So, if you will, please repeat after me. Okay. I promise not to use the word like in every other sentence. I promise not to use the word like in every other sentence. <laughs> I promise to at least attempt not to sound like a valley girl. I promise to at least attempt not to sound like a valley girl. I promise to be the best sidekick I can be. I promise to be the best sidekick I can be. <laughs> I promise to do to the best of my ability to deliver health and fitness advice in an intelligent, non-ditzy manner, but without the stutter. <laughs> I promise to the best of my ability to deliver health and fitness advice in an intelligent, non-ditzy manner. And I promise not to curse like a sailor on the Live to 110 podcast. I promise not to curse like a sailor on the Live to 110 podcast. <laughs> Well, thank you, Kate. I now feel comfortable moving forward in our podcasting journey and with today's show. Are we cool now? Yeah, just stick to the program, all right? Okay. <laughs> so, so, anyways, you know, how are things in tones? How are things in tone buns land? It's it's good. I mean, yeah, like today I taught three classes and still, you know, teaching Pilates a lot and having a lot of fun yeah Tones Bunland is not a place I visit very often though I'd love to visit you know I haven't been there in at least four years since my daughter was born so I'm I'm coming to visit you in Tone Bunsland next Monday I promise (laughs) okay good so anyways let's get on today uh, with the show Jimmy Moore is gonna be talking with us about his just released book cholesterol clarity Jimmy Moore came onto the health scene in 2004 after he famously dropped a phenomenal 180 pounds. It's so amazing. I'm just trying to lose 20 and he lost 180. And as a result of this, he came off prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure and respiratory problems. And in 2006, he began his top ranked podcast, The Live and La Vida Low Carb Show, where he's interviewed over 700 of the world's top experts. It's just amazing. There are so many podcasts you can listen to on every possible subject. And you can find his Live and La Vida Low Carb blog on his website, appropriately, liveandlavidalowcarb.com. Hello, Jimmy. Thank you for being on the show. Hey, Wendy. Thanks for having me today. Well, first, why don't you tell everyone you know, a little bit about yourself and why you decided to write Cholesterol Clarity? Yeah, so as you uh, shared in uh, my bio there, uh, I used to weigh 410 pounds. I was, uh, I was a mess. <laughs> I, I was a walking, uh, I guess, indication of what the SAD diet will do to you if you 
uh, allow it to go unabated and without doing anything differently from what you've always done. Um, and unfortunately, Wendy, that's kind of the state of where we are in America today. Most people just keep doing what they're doing, not realizing the unintended consequences uh, of those decisions. But in 2004, I decided to take back control of my health. I went on the Atkins diet, a high fat, low carb diet, and it totally revolutionized my uh, way of looking at food, way to nourish my body. I never even thought about nourishing my body before then. Um, all of these wonderful health changes happened. And of course, the 180 pounds of weight that I lost and it got me really keenly interested in looking at health markers. And I remember going to my doctor, Wendy, right after losing all that weight. And I went and got my cholesterol checked as part of a, a checkup of how I was doing. And I got back the results. And at that time, I was still kind of learning all this stuff. But I knew HDL was one of the markers you wanted to have higher. And so mine came in at 72. I believe before the diet, I, I was like in the low 20s. And then I checked the triglycerides and they were 43. Again, pre-diet, I, I didn't have those run, so I don't know what those were, but I believe they probably were in the couple of hundreds at least. And so I was real excited. I thought, okay, here I've done, lost 180 pounds. I've got all my cholesterol markers back that seem that the ones that are important that seem to look good, my doctor's going to be thrilled. So I go in and the doctor's got a somber look on his face. And I'm going, what's the matter? He said, your cholesterol numbers are horrible. And I said, what? <laughs> I said, what about the HDL? Isn't that really good? 72? Oh yeah, that's really good. But dude, you got to be on a statin drug. And I said, but what about the triglycerides? 43 is a really good number. For triglycerides, right? He said, oh yeah, that's probably the lowest I've ever seen of any of my patients, but you still have to take a statin drug. So Wendy, it all came down to two numbers, total cholesterol and LDL cholesterol. My total cholesterol was 285. My LDL cholesterol was around 185. And so he didn't even pay attention to the other heart health markers. It was all about LDL and total cholesterol. And that was nearly a decade ago now and it was kind of the beginning in my mind of writing cholesterol clarity because quite frankly, people have been bamboozled into thinking that those two numbers mean everything regarding their heart health when in actuality, they're probably the least interesting thing on your whole cholesterol panel. Yeah, I mean, my question is what exactly causes high cholesterol? I think so many people have been, like you said, bamboozled for decades about yeah. what actually causes it. And they're being told wrong information by their doctors. And I'm constantly telling people, don't listen to your doctor about health and nutrition yeah. or diet and nutrition because they, they just are misinformed. And So what actually causes high cholesterol? You know, it's a lot of things. And we have chapter 14 of Cholesterol Clarity, nine reasons why cholesterol levels can go up. I mean, it's everything from active weight loss to thyroid issues to hormonal imbalances to e even one that's affected me personally, um, periodontal disease. If you have anything going on in your teeth, it, most people don't even think about this. And definitely, I've never heard a doctor think about this, Wendy. But um, if you have infections deep in your teeth, that could raise your cholesterol. And, and that stands to reason when you realize that cholesterol is a healing agent in the body. It goes to where inflammation is. So if you've got deep, you know, inflammation going on in periodontal health, it stands to reason your cholesterol is going to go up to try to help heal that. 
So for me personally, I've actually had high cholesterol most of my life and uh, most of my 20s and up. And so ever since then, I have always wanted to do something about, you know, those issues in my teeth. I finally got those done just a couple of months ago and had the mercury amalgams removed as well and replaced with much better materials. So I'm anxious to see if that helps uh, move the scale on my uh, on my cholesterol levels. But also active weight loss is a biggie. Don't test your cholesterol while you're losing weight because almost invariably it's going to be higher uh, in the blood when you're actively losing weight. And last year I was I was losing some weight last year and I decided right in the middle of the weight loss that I would get my cholesterol tested in December last year and it came back, hold on to your hats, Wendy, the total cholesterol, 419. Whoa. <laughs> so that tells you how much it can really fluctuate. It went really high, but I had it done two months ago after I had been weight stable for a few months. You want to know how far it dropped? It got down to 306. Wow. Still, doctors would be freaking out over that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I still think the periodontal health has a lot to do with uh, that 306 number still being kind of high. But, yeah, and, and I, I was tested just for cholesterol clarity. Um, I'd always been told and always looked on the um, test results, and it said, patient may be exhibiting signs of familial hypocholesterolemia, which is the genetic predisposition for higher cholesterol. That's another reason why your cholesterol might be up. And we talk about all these things in the book. But um, I got tested and the results came back less than a 5% chance that I would have what they call FH, familial hypercholesterolemia. So some people just tend to have higher levels of cholesterol and that's okay. That That's the message we're trying to communicate is cholesterol in and of itself, high cholesterol, is not a disease. It might indicate that there's other things going on in the body, but it in and of itself is not a disease. What you want to be looking for are actual signs of atherosclerosis, of heart disease, of calcified plaque going on in the arteries. So there's all kinds of tests that you can have run to see if that's actually happening. Uh, one that we talk about in the book is the heart calcium score. It's a CT scan of your chest, and they will see if there's any calcified plaque going on. Uh, my result came back uh, a big fat zero, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> so I have none. And so it begs the question, does that 306 total cholesterol really mean anything within the context of no measurable actual disease taking place? Yeah, and that's what drives me nuts is that the doctors say, oh, you're over 200, it's time to go on statins. And yep. it's just everyone is completely different. I mean, it just makes so much more sense to me to talk about Ranges, You know, like, for instance, what is a healthy range of cholesterol that someone should be, their goal should be to be in that range? Well, one of the experts, and we had 29 experts that I featured in the book, plus my co-author, Dr. Eric Westman, uh, because I'm not an expert. I just know all the experts. And so I went to them. And so one of them was Dr. Uh, Dr. Chris Masterjohn. And he said in traditional cultures that are free from heart disease, the average level of total cholesterol for the women was 250 and the average in the men was 220. So both of those, if they were in America right now, would be heavily pushed statin medications because they have a two in front of their total cholesterol. And yet here we have, you know, traditional cultures free from heart disease exhibiting very high levels according to our standards 
of total cholesterol. In fact, uh, Dr. Master John said that as the women got older, their cholesterol levels actually pushed upwards towards 300. Wow. So that just goes to show you it's not the cholesterol that is the enemy. Why is that cholesterol going up? There's hormonal changes, especially in women as they age. There's all sorts of things that happen as you get older that make that cholesterol more and more essential in the body and removing it artificially through a statin drug or through some of these dietary manipulations uh, you know, with low-fat diets and things like that, you're only doing a lot more harm than good because you're taking away the very substance in your body that could be protecting you and keeping you healthy and making you live longer. Yeah, it's strange that people think that they can control their cholesterol with diet, so as much as you know we've been told. And isn't it true that you really can't control your your cholesterol with diet by not eating eggs and red meat? And what actually, what kind of foods can contribute to high cholesterol? Right. So th those are all really good questions. And the the popular one is don't eat eggs because of all the cholesterol that's in the egg, that's going to raise your blood level of cholesterol. But uh, I attended a conference earlier this year. I'm, I'm one of those geeky people that goes to these medical conferences, and I'm like the only non-MD there. But anyway, uh, and one of the lectures that I heard was this guy named Dr. Peter Atia. He's a medical doctor, and he did a whole lecture on cholesterol. So needless to say, I was in the midst of writing my book. I want to listen to what this guy has to say. And one of the key facts, and we point this out in the book, that he brought out was... 85% of the cholesterol you consume in your diet is excreted. So only 15% actually gets absorbed by the body, and, and that doesn't always translate into an increase in your cholesterol in your blood. But that just goes to show you that all this whole nonsense about low cholesterol and cholesterol-free foods that you see plastered across all these items in the supermarket is just nonsense because that does not translate to higher blood cholesterol levels. So what does raise cholesterol? That was your question. Yes. So before we get into what raises cholesterol, I think we need to make a distinction between what cholesterol you want to be raised and then what cholesterol you don't want to be raised. So the one you want to be raised is your HDL. The very best way you can raise HDL cholesterol, and Dean Ornish is going to have a fit when he hears me say this. <laughs> He's a famous low-fat diet guy. You have to eat more fat, especially saturated fat. So foods like butter, coconut oil, lard, full-fat meats and cheeses, those kinds of things are going to have an incredible effect not only on your HDL cholesterol, it's also going to help bring down your triglycerides, which you don't really hear a lot about from most mainstream health circles. And then also, and we're going to get a little bit geeky here, so stick with me, the small LDL particles switch over to the large fluffy kind. So LDL is not just one number, it's two major numbers. Uh, your particles are either the large fluffy kind, what they call pattern A, or the small dense kind, which they call pattern B, LDL. And so what eating fat, the, all those saturated fat sources I just mentioned, what eating fat does is it switches you over from the small dense kind, which are very dangerous, those are the kind that penetrate the arterial wall, to more of the large fluffy kind, which are less atherogenic and uh, pretty much harmless uh, in the context of heart disease. So that's, the, that's what you get from eating saturated fat. You raise your good cholesterol, you lower triglycerides, and you make more of the large fluffy kind of LDL. 
Well, aren't aren't grains and sugar problematic? Don't those yeah, contribute? Yeah, I'm getting, to... I'm okay, getting there. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. You winding me up. I want to so... get the meat. I want to get to the meat. <laughs> the, the literal meat. So uh, yeah, so this is what you don't want to have happen. You don't want triglycerides to go up. You don't want HDL to go down, and you definitely don't want those small dense LDL particles to go up. Well, guess what? If you are consuming refined carbohydrates, which is mostly the flours and, and grain-based uh, foods that are out there, which is basically almost all the food supply these days, except for real food, um, as well as sugars. And, Wendy, and some people, starches even fall into that category. Not everybody, but a lot of people, and, and definitely myself, having weighed over 400 pounds at one time in my life. All of those are going to cause major metabolic disturbances uh, in addition to making higher triglycerides, lower HDL, and more uh, dominance of small dense LDL particles, you're going to raise your blood sugar, which is going to spike your insulin. That's another key uh, marker people should be paying attention to that they're not unless they're diabetic. And yes, the vegetable oils are incredibly inflammatory. Uh, they are, yes, lowering your LDLC. So you might say, well, my LDL goes down when I consume this. That's true. But does that mean you're healthier? No, because what it's doing is it's removing all the large fluffy kind, leaving behind an oxidized version of LDL, which is mostly those small, dense LDL. You're actually putting your heart health at more risk by consuming these vegetable oils in conjunction with a high-carb diet. It's a double whammy to make you very unhealthy. Yeah, and one thing I also wanted to address is the fact that even if your cholesterol is too low, that can be problematic also. Oh, absolutely. And we put a very famous example in the book of this. Uh, His name is Tim Russert. He was the host of Meet the Press uh, on NBC. And he, one month before he died of his very first heart attack, he was preparing for his show on a Sunday morning and he collapsed and died because he had a heart attack. One month before, he was at the doctor, and the doctor said, you are the picture of heart health. You want to know why the doctor thought he was the picture of heart health, Wendy? His total cholesterol, 105. So 105, almost any doctor, cardiologist, really anybody that's in the mainstream of health would look at that and say, Wow, you are awesome. This is this is great indication of incredible heart health. And yet he died of his very first heart attack. Why did that happen? Because his inflammation was off the charts high. His heart calcium score was over 500. That one I told you I have zero a while ago. His was over 500. So despite his very low cholesterol, he still had a heart attack and he died of his very first heart attack. Why did he die of it? Because the very substance that might have saved his life was taken out of his body. He was eating a low-fat, high-carb diet, taking a statin drug, riding a stationary bike every day, doing all the things that mainstream medicine said, this is what you do to protect your heart. And yet it was the exact opposite thing that he needed to do and in the end ended up killing him. Yeah, I know. One time, uh, at one point in my life, I was vegetarian for just a couple years, and I wasn't feeling well. I went to the doctor. I'm like, figure out what's wrong with me. Little did I know it was my diet, but my cholesterol was 173, and I know now that that it's it's just way too low. It's not that's not a healthy cholesterol level. Yeah, definitely. Uh, 
over 150 is better than under 150, but yeah, it's good that you recognize that uh, your cholesterol needs to be a little bit higher. And it tends to be, when you eat the way that I'm talking about, it tends to be the HDL cholesterol that really dominates. I got an email last week from somebody that was really worried about their cholesterol because their doctor wanted to put them on statin drugs. So she sent me her numbers and her total cholesterol was only 225, so not real high, and yet the doctor was heavily pushing statins. But you want to know what her HDL cholesterol was of that 225, it was 105 of it. Hmm. So almost, what was it, 40% of her total cholesterol was this one you want very high. So I, I often tell people, and I put this in the book as well, knowing your total cholesterol is like knowing the end of a baseball game is 25 you don't know if that's a 24 to 1 blowout. You don't know if it's a you know barn burner of a game 13 to 12. You just don't know what that comprises. And so you have to know the breakdown of that total cholesterol and know that one of those numbers on the panel is something you want higher. So why are we putting a drug in people's mouths to artificially lower cholesterol when that may not be the issue? Yeah, it's just insane. And I mean, you want to know your particle size too, right? Right, so there's a test you can have run. It's called the NMR lipoprofile test. Literally any doctor in America can have this run. It's only available in the United States because it is uh, out of a, a lab in Raleigh, North Carolina, and they can't do international. The blood has to get to them quick. So uh, if you're in the United States, and maybe Canada can do it, I'm not sure about that, but you can have this run and it breaks down the particle number for you. So you get to see the exact number of LDL particles in your blood and also they differentiate the small dense LDL particles which is the number you want to have as low as possible. So you get that number and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt you know how you're doing in your LDL and like I said if you're eating more of those healthy fats we were talking about and less of the carbohydrates and the vegetable oils your, your small dense LDL particles should be rocking and rolling. Ideally, under 20% of your total LDL particles should be this small dense kind. And I was reading in your book about the accuracy of today's cholesterol test. I mean, I know some people can go into their doctors and get, say their cholesterol is 210 or something. Yeah. Isn't it true that the tests aren't totally accurate and you just, you want to be careful about that? Well, the basic test has major problems because one of the numbers that is predicated on getting lower and lower and lower is your LDL-C number. So your LDL-C number, a lot of people don't realize this, but that LDL-C is actually a calculated number. It's not an exactly measured number. and They calculate it simply based on what your VLDL, which is your triglycerides divided by your five, uh, divided by five, and then your HDL cholesterol and whatever's left, they uh, they just assume that's your LDL. That's the Friedwald equation. They they estimate and calculate what they think that number is, which, which kind of makes it funny that they want that number below 100, and yet it's just a calculated number. And, and the really funky thing is for people that eat a high-fat, low-carb diet, for example, that LDL estimation with the Friedwald equation is way off base. It's not even close to being accurate, and yet all these poor people go to their doctors, and the doctor freaks out because there's a 2 in front of the total cholesterol, or there's a 1 or higher in front of the LDL, and they're pushing statin, 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 
and that's just not a reliable number. That's why this NMR LiPo profile with the particle size breakdown is going to give you so much more valuable information about what you should do in your current state of heart health. You know, and also, like, it, it just makes me really sad that almost every client that comes to me is on statins or their doctor is pushing them because their cholesterol numbers aren't looking so hot. Yep. And it makes me really sad because I saw my own father's health decline. You know, he was on statins for at least 10 years. And it almost, the statins were kind of like a gateway drug because over time, over this decade, his health just declined more and more and more. Right. I saw his memory go. He was depressed and the doctor put him on an antidepressant. And then, you know, it just was this cascade of effects because... Clearly, the, uh, the, the statins, if, the, if you remove this protective cholesterol from your body that's in every cell of your body, you can't help but have a decline on health. And so well, why, why is everyone on statins? And the statins are so insidious because most of the people that go on them tend to be getting a little bit older, so 50s, 60s, 70s. And so they go on these statin drugs and they start having these cognitive declines and they start having these aches and pains in their joints and in their muscles and guess what, Wendy? They don't chalk it up to the statin. They chalk it up to, oh, I'm just getting older and that's how I'm supposed to feel. So it's, re it's really horrible when you stop and think about how bamboozled people are being uh, led to believe that these are great heart health uh, things to be putting in their body. And they just write off all the symptoms from taking it to old age. Now, I took both Lipitor and Crestor before I started my low-carb diet. Um, in fact, I went on Lipitor, and I remember uh, I was having joint pain and muscle ache, but I thought, I didn't think it was the drug. I just was like, okay, this is interesting. Uh, I guess I'm getting older, you know, even in my late 20s when I first started taking those. And so I go and play basketball at my church, and I go up for a rebound, grab the ball, and my thumb, my right thumb just goes straight backwards. And I had never seen that happen before. And I go to the emergency room and the ER doc says, do you take uh, cholesterol lowering medication? I said, yeah, actually I'm on Lipitor. He said, you need to talk to your doctor about that because I believe that may have contributed to this injury. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> so I talked to my doctor about it and I said, you know, I think I need to come off this medication. Oh, no problem. Is not a disease. It has no bearing on anything regarding your state of health. It may show an interesting uh, marker of you know, something else going on in the body, but it in and of itself is not the disease. And yet doctors are treating it day after day after day. They call it this real fancy schmancy name of hypercholesterolemia. So people that aren't aware of what that means, it just means high cholesterol, um, you know, they get scared by that big long H word and they're, oh, I guess I need medication to make this hypercholesterolemia go away. Yeah, it makes me sad too to think of one of the side effects that my my father experienced yeah. was that he got to the point where his muscles became so weak from the the statins that yep. he couldn't even go to the bathroom and he had he couldn't even walk to the bathroom. So he had to, we had to put him in a nursing home so he could get twenty four hour care. And people don't realize this is a, a not common, but it is a side effect of statins that a lot of people experience. And the doctor took him months to figure out what the problem was. Yeah, and the neurodegenerative effects, one of my experts in the book is Dr. Dwayne Gravelin. He was a medical doctor that worked for NASA, and he had, quote-unquote, high cholesterol. I think it was something like 240. 
uh, back when he believed in the cholesterol hypothesis. And he took Lipitor. One month later, he got this very rare disease called global transient amnesia, where it basically took him back to his childhood and he blacked out for a few days. And when he woke up, he had no idea what was going on. And the doctors didn't want to believe it was the statin. And long story short, it was the statin. He experienced it again when he went back on the drug again. And so he's kind of been a champion of trying to expose all these dangers of statin medications. And and in fact, for this uh, book, I wanted to interview him, but his hearing had gotten so bad and he's debilitated to the point that he's almost going to be in a wheelchair real soon. And uh, it's, it's a really sad story, but we tell his story in Chapter 5 of Cholesterol Clarity because people need to know there are unintended consequences to these drugs, and it goes even beyond that. You know, we've said that statin-induced diabetes is becoming a real concern. Statin-induced cancer is also being a concern. They're just really bad news, and most people that are being prescribed these probably don't need them. The only people that have been found to have positive effects from taking statins are men who have already had some kind of a cardiovascular event. And even then, it's kind of sketchy what the actual benefits are to those people. Yeah, I like how you said that statins cause or can lead to diabetes and cancer because that's exactly what happened to both of my parents. My mom took statins for eight years and she started to be pre-diabetic and I told her, wow. get off those statins right now. And my father, I didn't have the knowledge at the time, but you know, like I said, statins, I think it's a gateway drug. He eventually got diabetes, medications for that, insulin, and then all that leads to cancer and he died of esophageal cancer. Wow. And um, it, it was the statins are the gateway drug to all the, this decline in health. and. It's sad to me how it, people are taking statins to protect their health, to protect their heart, protect their cardiovascular system, but it in fact damages their cardiovascular system because they no longer have this protective cholesterol to repair the damage. That's right. Yeah, you know who I think should be on this message that I talk about in Cholesterol Clarity are insurance companies. I mean, think about all the procedures and all the everything that they have covered as insurance providers that was totally pre preventable if these people were just given the right information and not put on a medication that led to more disease down the road. Yeah, it's uh, it's just frightening how I mean how many people are on statins? I mean how much money are these comp are the pharmaceutical companies making from this drug? 29 billion dollars a year is all they're making from statin medic just from statin medications. I mean, think about these big conglomerate of pharmaceutical companies. They have all these drugs, but just one classification of drugs, statins, makes $29 billion annually and rising. Wow. Yeah, and it's, it's not surprising why the doctor... I, I don't want to blame the doctors. I think they're just doing what they're taught in medical school. But, That's right. But I think a lot of them do push them because they're, they're paid on the back end to a certain extent. Yeah, one of my... Uh, experts for the book is Dr. William Davis. You might know him who he wrote Wheat Belly. And he told me some some of the kind of behind the scenes details of how these statin drug companies, you know, they really do flash a lot of resort, you know, lush vacations for their families. And, you know, here, come, come give a talk at this conference we're putting on. We'll pay you, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to do a speech uh, on our behalf. And, you know, it's, it's really insidious. And, and then you think about all the advertising that they do on television. 
So you see a, you know, as a patient, you see an ad on a, and I just saw one yesterday for Crestor, go lower, ask your doctor about going lower with Crestor. And so you obediently go to your doctor. And of course your doctors also heard from the pharmaceutical reps that are really well-dressed and beautiful people. And, oh, this is the cure for heart disease and it's gonna really help people. It's gonna help your patients. So they've been heavily marketed. The patient's been heavily marketed. The patient goes in and dutifully asks their doctor about this drug who dutifully says, oh, it just so happens I have some free samples for you. So the pharmaceutical company says, we didn't have anything to do with that. Those two people talked to each other and they had a relationship. So it's really horrible the way these things have so become part of our culture that we think they're necessary to attain optimal heart health when just the opposite is happening. Yeah, and that's what I try to tell my clients and other people too, that you don't want to get your health information from CNN or other major news outlets because the pharmaceutical companies own them. They yeah. they run their ads and, you know, newscasters are, are you know, the, the people that are, you know, telling you all about the news, they're not going to be uh, giving up news stories that are negative about Crestor, Lipitor, other medications, because that's not going to be favorable to their funder, their advertisers. Yeah, and, and then shows like the Dr. Oz show are heavily, heavily influenced by grain companies. So companies that sell these products that are, you know, really horrible for people's health, and yet they sell it as health food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, clearly statins do save some lives. I mean, uh, uh, you mentioned that men that have had a heart attack are really the candidates that should be taking them. Are there any other people where maybe it's in its appropriate situation? Yeah, one of my experts in the book is a guy in Denver who is a medical doctor. Jeffrey Gerber is his name. And Dr. Gerber said he has to routinely, with any of his patients who just refuse to make any changes in their diet, so they're not about to get rid of their carbs, they're not about to get rid of the vegetable oils in their diet, they're too much in love with their sad diet. He says, you know what, in those cases, pretty much the only thing I can do to mitigate the damage that might be done from that bad diet is give them a statin drug. And it's not necessarily the cholesterol lowering effects from the statin drug, it's the anti-inflammatory effects that are being you know, looked at from these statins. So it's sad when you stop and think about it that way, Wendy, that people would rather get heart disease and rather take a medication that could induce cancer or diabetes than to just do the right thing and eat real food, get healthy the right way, uh, it, it's just very sad indeed. Yeah, I know. You just, you our culture is just so all about pill popping, and you you're not gonna be able to pop a pill and uh, enjoy optimum health. Yeah, it's just not gonna happen. You've got to change your lifestyle and diet. But I realize there's some people they just it's hard to do. It takes it takes a long time. But you know what? I was there at one time. I mean, 410 pound Jimmy Moore was that. I don't care, I just want to eat my two boxes of Little Debbie snack cakes and my 16 cans of Coca-Cola a day. That was my life and I, I didn't think twice about it. It didn't really register on my radar screen. It you know it took a series of events in my life to wake me up and, and then of course finding the diet that was right for me was key as well. And once I had all those pieces of the puzzle put together, then I became educated. Now I'm passionate about helping other people that were in the same situation that I was in uh, that are still living out there, they need to know the truth, but 
it's not going to be ramrodded down their throat, that you really have to kind of be elegant about the way you communicate the message to them, which is why I've done over 700 shows on my podcast and continue to be so enthusiastic about this message is it's too important to give up on it. Yeah, and you know, even for me, I never would have imagined five or ten years ago that I'd be eating the way that I am today, and I love my food, and I was doing the same thing. I ate Domino's and McDonald's and all kinds of fast food, and I drank a Coke with every single meal, and I didn't think I could live without that or live without sugar, and you can. You can do it, but you just take one small, you know, incremental steps, and you can change your diet and lifestyle and get healthy. And I think this issue of cholesterol is kind of a a big entry point for people. When you show them this is what's happening to your panel, you know, with triglycerides, and you explain why triglycerides are bad, and this is what's happening to your good cholesterol, and this is the small, dense LDL particles, you you start kind of showing them in easy-to-understand language, hey, this is what's going on when you eat these foods. I think it might click for a few people, and that's certainly what we hope with – with cholesterol clarity is that people, you know, read that and go, wow, I had no idea. Well, tell us a little bit about the book. Like what's kind of, what can people expect? And what about, uh, you know, you had a lot of uh, world renowned experts quoting, you know, certain stats in the book. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So when I set out to write this book, I, I had already read several other books out there on cholesterol and most of them, Wendy were, well, don't worry about your cholesterol. Cholesterol is not the enemy in heart disease. Okay, that's all well and good, and I believe that is true, but people still worry about the cholesterol. I was getting so many emails week after, and I still do, week after week after week from all these people that say, my cholesterol is too high and it's 220, you know, or or my doctor wants to put me on a statin drug. What do you think about my results? And I said, you know what, nobody has ever kind of written a book in layman's terms that kind of kept the information at a basic level. I just talked to my dad yesterday, and I sent him a copy of my book, and I said, what would you think? He said, well, I read the first few pages, and this is going to be too complicated for me. I said, no, 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 you haven't read the first few pages (laughs) because I kept it really, really basic. I assume the reader pretty much knows nothing about this subject because, unfortunately, most people have been brainwashed by what they've heard about cholesterol. So I try to tell the story of this is why cholesterol is important, why you need it. And it's not really about cholesterol, it's about inflammation. And I know you've heard all this information about cholesterol from all these major heart groups like the American Heart Association and other organizations regarding health. And here's some doctors that say, hey, this is why we don't believe in this message. Uh, And we just kind of methodically walk people through this process of this information because it's a lot to take in, Wendy. In fact, at the beginning of each chapter, after I've just told them all this new information, I say, okay, I know that's a lot to take in, so stop, absorb it. You know, I really try to, for people that haven't heard any of this stuff before, make it so accessible to them that they didn't get overwhelmed or intimidated by it. I really hope my dad does read my whole book and come away and go, wow, I had no idea. So the experts, their role in the book is I did a little moment of clarity quote. So my skill set is interviewing people. So I interviewed all 29 of these uh, experts for the book, a brand new interview. I transcribed the interview and then I I got it, you know, okayed from them that this is what you want to say. So everywhere throughout the book, I threw in these moment of clarity quotes. So after you read what I've read, they provide a little more advanced information 
that uh, that we tried to avoid. I let them kind of, you know, pull all that advanced information and kind of put it all together to kind of reinforce a lot of what I was writing in the main part of the book. And then my co-author, Dr. Eric Westman, he chimed in with some doctor's notes from time to time with his experience about whatever it was we were talking about in that chapter. So, you know, hopefully people walk away from this going, wow, I learned a whole lot and it wasn't intimidating. The last thing we wanted to have happen was this to be an intimidating book and hopefully cholesterol clarity and especially the the subtitle, What the HDL is Wrong with My Numbers, hopefully people get the whimsical uh, tone just from looking at the title. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward uh, to, I, I purchased it on, um, you know, I purchased it so I could put it on my iPad, but yeah. I need to like finish reading them. I read about half the book prior to our interview, but it's something that's so important because I need to give this book to every single, like in, in my friends and family that have high cholesterol and they're Doctors wanted to put them on statins. I need to give it to my clients that are or potential clients that that are you know potentially going to be going on statins, and it's just so important to get this message out there that people need to stop, think, stop and think before they go on a drug. Yeah, you said it. You hit the nail on the head earlier. Um, we are a pill popping society. You know, people will take these medications for quote-unquote high cholesterol and all these other medications without thinking about why is that medication necessary? Do I truly have a statin deficiency? (laughs) No, you don't. You have a nutrition deficiency and most of the time that nutritional deficiency is fat when you stop and think about it. People are getting way too many carbohydrates in their diet, not enough fat in their diet because they've been told fat is the enemy because fat, especially saturated fat, raises cholesterol, which clogs your arteries, we unravel that whole tale in cholesterol clarity. And it's funny that people try to avoid foods that have cholesterol in them, because I actually actively try to eat foods that have high cholesterol. I, I eat lots of caviar. Caviar is one of the foods highest in cholesterol. Every time I go to nice. sushi, I'm eating lots of fish eggs, and I'm trying to eat, I eat red meat a couple, three times a week. You know, I'm actively trying to get this healthy substance in my body. Yeah, and I eat pastured eggs pretty much every day. Uh, in fact, I just had four this morning. I cooked it in grass-fed butter, and then I put some raw cheese on top of that, and then put some sauerkraut on top of that for a little bit of probiotics, and then some sour cream. Booyah, that's an awesome meal. Mm, stop it, you're making me hungry. I know, right? I'm starving right now. <laughs> and I won't be hungry again for a very long time because I, I fed myself that way. It's pretty cool. Well, I have one more question for you that I like to ask all of my guests. What do you think is the most compelling health issue that we're facing in the world today? The misinformation about diet. I think the fear of fat has totally ruined our health as a society. And as long as people continue to fear dietary fat, and when I say fat, I mean the right kinds of fat, all those fats we talked about earlier and mostly saturated fats sources from real foods. I think that's the missing element why so many people are diseased today, Wendy. And, you know, the sooner people realize that it's not the fat that's the enemy, it's the sugars, it's the grains, it's even the starches and a lot of people that are super duper sensitive to carbohydrate, you know, get those under control, eat more fat. And I'll be dang if our health crisis would turn around. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's 
Um, I 100% agree with you. Um, so can you tell the listeners, uh, you know, a little bit about where they can find you and what you're up to these days? Sure. So I have a, a whole bunch of projects out there and we kind of put them all in one hub, liveinlavidalowcarb.com. I do a blog. I do three podcasts that air five days a week. Um, I do a forum, YouTube videos, Twitter, Facebook. And, and Wendy, I found that, you know, you got got to be in all of those places because there's some people that only follow me on my uh, Facebook page and they don't know about anything else I do. Mm-hmm. And then there's some people that are big fans of my podcast show uh, that won't, won't read my blog. And so it, you kind of have to be in all those places. So I try to do that. I'm also in the process of about to write my uh, next book, uh, that'll be coming out in 2014, Keto Clarity, which will talk about all the benefits of eating a high-fat, low-carb, ketogenic-style diet. Um, lots of information on that one. And again, I'm going to collaborate with my co-author, Dr. Eric Westman, on that one. And it'll be similar to Cholesterol Clarity. I'm going to interview 29 experts on this subject. And uh, like I said, that should come in June of 2014. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one because I actually heard you on another podcast talking about you got to check your ketones and your blood sugar level and exactly yep. how foods affect you. And I bought myself a blood sugar monitor and started monitoring my blood sugar based on awesome. the podcast. So I'm really looking forward to that book. Um, so Jimmy, thanks so much for being on the show. You know, your book is it's really going to help so many people get their facts right on cholesterol because there's just so much confusion about this issue, and most doctors they're just confusing their patients even more. Actually, maybe we are. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I've I've been relaying this this message um, in your book for years, and you know, no one will listen to me. And in fact, I've lost clients when I try to tell them the exact opposite of what their doctor tells them about how to address their high cholesterol and. So thank you for clearly, you know, dedicating your life to giving people accurate health information and contributing this really important, timely book. Thank you. And people can find out more information about the book, including a free chapter. We put it up on our official website, cholesterolclarity.com. Great. Well, thank you so much, Jimmy. Thank you, Wendy. Please give the Live to 110 podcast a nice review and rating in iTunes. Your review will increase our visibility on iTunes by helping it show up in searches and help us spread our gospel on health. We would really appreciate it. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in to the Live to 110 podcast. You can find Wendy on live2110.com and me, Kate Behan, at fitness-broad.com. See you next week. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye now. Bye. Goodbye.